Well, today is the first Sunday of 2019, so it's a new year. Uh, the old year is gone, and we're into a new year, and we're beginning a new message series called Prayer Adventure. Now, last Sunday, our message was Listen for Direction, and we were talking about getting godly direction for the new year, and uh, we talked about setting godly goals or resolutions for the year 2019. And one of the most important goals for us in this new year is building our relationship with God. Now, a relationship with another person, with another human being, how is that built? It's built by communication, uh, talking to the person, listening to them. And in the same way, we build our relationship with God by communicating with God. We speak to Him uh, through prayer, and we listen to Him through the Holy Spirit and through reading His Word. Now, for many people, prayer is, is somewhat difficult. I've already scared the baby. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, please, please forgive me. But uh, for many people, prayer is difficult. For others, uh, prayer is, is, is boring, and, and you only do it when you're in trouble, you know, when you're, when you're really up the creek and you say, God, please, please help me. But in our series, which I've entitled Prayer Adventure, we want to have our eyes opened to see what prayer is, is really about. And perhaps some of what we're going to talk about this morning you already know. I hope some of it is. But what we know in our heads oftentimes is not translated to our hearts and to our actions. And so we want that to happen. So what is prayer? Prayer is talking to God. Now, we all know that, right? That's, that's what, what prayer is all about. But let's, let's let that sink in. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is communicating with the creator of the entire universe. Now, if you had, uh, say, a, a chance to meet the President of the United States, that would be a big deal, right? Because he's the leader of the free world. He's the leader of the most powerful country on the planet right now, and you would really like, wow, I, I, I got a chance to talk to the president. And here we have an opportunity to communicate with the, with the creator of the entire universe, which is vast beyond our comprehension. He's a God who's all-loving. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere present. And so why, then, isn't prayer more of an adventure if we, if we have the opportunity to talk to such a person. And I think one of the primary reasons is that for many of us, prayer becomes, myself included, simply about presenting my request to God. I have a list, a long list of things I want God to do for me. And I present this list to Him and go over this list. Prayer oftentimes can turn into a monologue where I do all the talking, I'm asking for things. And God is supposed to listen and give me the answers like the giant Santa Claus in the sky, right? There's my list, and I need things from him. But God really isn't about playing that game with us. He is God, and we are not. We don't tell God what to do. He tells us what to do. And so many of the things in our prayer list may well be things God is not interested in doing. And if he's not interested in doing that, guess what his answer is going to be? No. He's not going to do it. And so we get no for an answer, and then we begin to wonder, does prayer really work? 
and we're tempted to give up on it. I'd like us to watch a short video about, I'll make sure you're clear on this, this is how not to pray, okay? This is how not to pray. You may, I see some similarities in it. Um, let's hope this video works. So let's, let's see, it's called Coffee with Jesus. Well, that's not how prayer was intended to be, a monologue uh, by us telling God what we would like him to do. God intends prayer to be a two-way conversation, just like you would have with another person. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. I've entitled this message, Prayer Conversation. And so prayer is a time in which, in which God speaks to us and we respond back to him. It's meant to be an adventure because you never know what God is going to say. I mean, he's the God of the universe. If God doesn't ever tell you something surprising, maybe you're not really listening to him because he often tells us surprising things. And you never know what God and you can accomplish through prayer. Now, just as a human relationship deepens as you spend time with another person, so our relationship with God can grow deeper the more time that we spend with him in prayer. The first verse we want to look at today, and I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the scriptures written out as well as the outline. You can follow along there. On the back is, uh, is some study guide questions you can do on your own. We're also covering them in our life group. Uh, the life group, Sunday night life group uh, is meeting. We haven't met for a while because of the holidays. It's meeting again tonight at 6 p.m. We encourage anybody who's not in a life group to come if you're in this area. First Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so here we see some of the things that prayer is meant to be, and they're all together. Prayer should be a time of rejoicing. Prayer should be a time of of giving thanks no matter what you're going through in life. And prayer is meant to be without ceasing. It's, it's not just something we do on Sunday mornings when we gather together to worship God, although we do pray here. It's not just something we do once a day in our quiet time with God, although we should be doing that. It's, it's meant to be a continuous activity. It's meant that we should always have a listening ear to hear what God would be saying to us in a heart to respond back to him in prayer. So, so let's learn a little bit more about praying conversationally with God. How do we build our relationship with God? A really simple acronym that somebody once told me long ago that, would ha that will help us have the right priorities in prayer is, is joy. It stands for Jesus, others, and yourself in that order. That prayer is, first of all, about Jesus. Secondly, it's about praying for others. Sometimes we call that intercession. And lastly, it's about ourselves, joy. As I was thinking about this, I thought, what is the acronym that was demonstrated in the video that uh, we just watched? It's yo. Yo, okay. Yourself and then a little bit of others uh, thrown in. And that's what we tend to do by default, yo. Now, yo isn't as great as joy, is it? We, we want to have joy. Jesus, others, and yourself. And so our first point today is we want to put Jesus first in order to build our relationship with him. That's the primary purpose of prayer. And to do that, we need to have a desire to know God better. 
David wrote in Psalm 63, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so David wrote this psalm about his desire to know God better. And so knowing God better was not just a passive activity of waiting for God to do something. The desire to know God better should lead us to earnestly seeking after God. David likens to seeking after God as if, if you're famished for a drink of water, you're in a desert with the sun blazing down on you, you feel like you're going to die or faint without water, and you're seeking for that water. That's how we should seek after God, who gives us living water. And notice here the opposite, that this verse likens life without God as a dry and weary land, without any refreshment, without any sustenance, a life of fainting for the lack of God's living water. And so we need to grow in our desire to know God better. And as we do that, we need to make time for God. Let's look at the example of Jesus, Mark 1.35. It says, In rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he, that is Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And so amazingly, we can learn a lot about prayer through the example of Jesus. Now, we're not going to have time to look at a lot of what we can learn from him today. But Jesus, even though he was the very Son of God, took considerable time to pray to his Heavenly Father, to build that relationship with him, to communicate with God. And so Jesus, in his days of ministry, was very busy. People were clamoring after him night and day. And so he took the only time where he could get away from people was very early in the morning before the sun was up, everybody else was sleeping, and he went out to a desolate place. That means nobody else was around. And there he prayed to his Father. And so the relationship of Jesus with his heavenly Father was his top priority in life. In other places, Jesus said that he only did what his Father told him to do. Jesus said that he only spoke the things his Father told him to speak. Now, how did he know all that? Well, he took time on a daily basis to be alone and to converse with God and to have ears to hear as he went through his life what God was speaking to him and how God was directing him. And so we also need to make time for God. So building a relationship with God isn't always so easy. We must learn to offer a sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through him, that is Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Now, circle that word sacrifice. That's what I want to concentrate on here this morning. What is a sacrifice? Well, in the Old Testament, a sacrifice was you brought an animal, a, a goat or a lamb or a ram or something, and you had it killed and you offered it up to God as a burnt offering. It was a sacrifice. It was giving up something of worth to you and handing it over to God, even though it may have been difficult. And so a sacrifice of, of praise is an aspect of prayer where we, we praise God no matter what we're going through. Now, when is it easy to praise God? When everything is going rosy, right? Everything's coming up rosy. Oh, God, I praise you. I've just got to raise. God, I praise you. You know, whatever. Everything's going good. 
But when is it a sacrifice to give praise? When you just had a flat tire. You know, God, I, I praise you for this flat tire. Uh, you know, things aren't going so good. You, it's a sacrifice, but you still praise him. He's still good, even when life may be difficult. And so we choose to praise God in the, in the good and the bad times. And so it says here that praise is a natural fruit of those who are growing in their relationship with God. It, it should come naturally, organically from us. We should be praising God as we grow closer to Him, as we build a relationship with Him. And so let's think about ourselves in this new year. Ask yourself the question. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but do you have a strong desire to know God better in 2019? And if not, pray and ask God that He would increase that desire. If you do have the desire, that's great. But guess what? Just having the desire to do something and actually doing it is two different things, right? That's the whole problem with New Year's resolutions. There's a lot of desires that never come to fruition. And so we have to make time for God on on a personal level. The foundation of our personal relationship with God, I believe, is, is a daily quiet time where you can get away from distractions and spend time with God. And some people say, I, I don't need to do that. You know, I just talk to God all the time. And it's just, we just had an example of Jesus. The very Son of God had to get away. Focus. No distractions. Desolate place. Focus on his prayer. If Jesus needed to do that, who is in constant communication with God, how much more do we need to get away from everything else, get away from the smartphones, I mean, unless you're reading your Bible on it, and you can stay away from Facebook in your quiet time, or whatever else distracts you. Get away from all distractions and spend time with God on a daily basis. Now again, we see in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, although Jesus prayed at different times, oftentimes we see him getting up, what, early in the morning. And why early in the morning? Well, it's a priority. It's a priority in your day. That's a good time. Now, sometimes it doesn't work out. That's okay as long as we spend time with God on a daily basis. But if you wait till the end of the day, what often happens with people is, are you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 10 a.m. at night? Now, some people say, I'm a night person. Okay, fine. You know, maybe there are some like that. But typically, you're tired. Typically, other things are coming into your life, and you want to go to sleep or whatever, and uh, you miss out on it. So I'd encourage you, if you're having trouble with keeping a daily time, to make it early in the morning before your day gets started. But any time uh, certainly is better than nothing. Keep a record or journal of your quiet times. It's something I've somebody taught me way back in my college days. I don't do it perfectly, but I do it pretty regularly. Uh, I record the, the time, the date, the time, the Bible passage I read. And... What, sometimes what I'm praying to God and sometimes what I feel he's speaking to me or what I got out of the passage. And so I can look back. I can look back and I say, you know, I had my quiet time these days and whoops, something happened that day. I don't know what happened, but I missed it. And, and rather than think, yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. I don't know if I should give away too much, but we, we try to keep our children accountable. They say, yeah, so how are you doing your quiet time? Yeah, pretty good. So I say, how many days out of seven? I don't know. Well, get your journal. Go. Two, 
okay? Um, there's a little room for improvement there. And so uh, you might have somebody else, a spouse, a friend, keep you accountable by checking up with you on how you're doing with your quiet time. And you might do it for them. From time to time you ask how you're doing because it's really uh, an extremely important thing in building your relationship with prayer, uh, building your relationship with God, building your relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's the J and the joy acronym. The second priority in joy is others, praying for others. As I said, we naturally gravitate to praying for ourselves first and only if we're not careful. And so that is part of prayer. It's not wrong to pray for yourself, but Jesus would have us to prioritize praying for others, praying for all people. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. And so this verse talks about a number of types of prayers. And we're going to discuss different types of prayers in more detail in another message in this series. But basically, we should pray all kinds of prayers for, for all people. Now, why would God tell us to pray for all kinds of people in our lives? Now, God is not saying pray for, you know, how many billion people are on the earth? I forget now. Seven billion, you know, as I pray by, for seven billion by name. No, you know, it's not saying that. He's saying pray for all kinds of people. Why? Because most of us gravitate to praying for ourselves and for our immediate families. There's nothing wrong with praying for that. But God's purpose for your life extends far beyond you and your family. Now, if that's the only vision you have, it's me and my family and nobody else, that's God wants to expand that vision. He wants you to impact other people. He wants you to have a kingdom impact in the way that you can have maximum effect with the other people that you have influence over is through prayer. Now, interestingly, God's word in the next verse tells us one class of people that we should prioritize. It says, pray for leaders, verse 2, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And so as we pray for all kinds of people, we, we should be sure to pray for people in positions of authority. Whether we agree with everything they're doing or not. And this verse explains to us what we should pray for them. We should pray for leaders in government. We should pray for leaders in business. We should pray for leaders in the church. We are to pray that we as believers, which is the church of Jesus Christ, that we could lead godly lives that would not be hindered by those leaders in the things that they do, but would actually be helped by those leaders. And so what is God's ultimate purpose in these prayers for all people, especially for leaders? Next verses say, tell us what it is, verse 3 and 4. This is good, these types of prayers were commanded to pray, and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. So obviously this was written towards believers. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so why are we to pray for other people? Our, our top priority is that God would bring people to himself, that people would be saved, that they would begin to come to a knowledge of the truth. Because people who aren't saved are believing a lie. They don't understand the truth. And as God opens their hearts, as He opens their minds to understand the truth, then they will be drawn to Him. And that's one of the primary purposes 
not the only purpose, but one of the primary purposes of our prayers for others. Now, as we pray, we need to pray with a right heart. Jumping down to verse 8 in the same passage, it says, uh, God desires that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. And so this is how we are to pray. We are to pray lifting holy hands. Now, the Bible speaks of lifting hands. It's a, it's a good thing to do. It's talked about in the uh, Old Testament throughout the Psalms, lifting hands in praise to God. It's a, it's a sign of surrender. It's involving your body in praising God and involving your body in praying. But it says lifting not just hands. It says lifting holy hands. And holy hands refers to hands unstained by sin. And our hands represent our actions, our thoughts, our lives. And so, in other words, our lives need to be righteous in order for us to be able to lift holy hands and for our prayers to have maximum effect. If our lives are full of sin, um, we have a problem. I mean, we, we need to repent of that sin and start living holy lives. A right heart is a heart in good relationship with God. The last phrase in this verse is without anger or quarreling. Now that's not talking about anger or quarreling with God. That's talking about anger or quarreling with other people. So not only do our relationship with God have to be right, our relationships with other people should also be in good order. If people have hurt us, we should forgive them. That's a big one. Uh, if people irritate us, we shouldn't be argumentative. We shouldn't we shouldn't be angry with others. And so a right heart is a heart in good relationship with God and good relationship with other people. So one of the ways that we as a church in probably the past month or so have begun to encourage each of us to pray for others is by offering a prayer guide. And this prayer guide uh, is a, is a web page, and it's updated on a weekly basis with new prayer requests. Uh, it's a list of topics that you can pray for others, particularly focused on the church, but also um, some other prayers in there for missionaries, uh, prayers for uh, leaders in our, uh, in our nation, and so... I'm also putting a, a growing number of scripture references. If you've, those on the prayer team, if you looked at it recently, there are scripture references. You can click on them and a verse will pop up that relates to the prayer topic. And so you can pray according to God's word. And so we are encouraging all members and uh, regular attenders to join our prayer team, simply making a commitment to praying five minutes a day. I mean, that's just some, so you do something, okay? Praying, you can pray much longer uh, if you'd like, but praying for our church family at least five minutes a day. And there's other things beside our church family uh, there, but it's praying for other people, thinking about other people, uh, praying for them. And to join that prayer team, you simply text that word pray to that number on the screen, and you'll be on there. You'll receive a link to the prayer guide, and uh, you'll receive updates. Uh, sometimes when we have... Uh, People with serious issues in their lives, uh, particularly health issues, might be other things. We'll send out uh, a, a prayer request alert for people to pray in the church for that. And so we encourage you to do that. And uh, I think it's something that everyone could do. Everyone 
should do. So if you're not on that prayer team, um, text that word to that. If you don't have a phone, uh, let me know, and from time to time I can print off the sheet and give it to you as well. So we talked about praying with respect to Jesus, Jay, to others, and finally ourselves. And uh, we're going to look at some principles that apply to praying for ourselves. It really applies to the other things as well. Uh, but we're going to look at those in our final point, that we need to persevere in prayer. <clears throat> now, why is praying, I hate to say it, but for many people it's difficult, okay? It's difficult for me. There's times you don't want to do it. There's times where you're scheduled to do it and something else pops up. I mean, there, there's always... Uh, conflict or discouragement we want to pray. And so there are many ways that the devil uses to discourage believers from praying. Oftentimes he gets us so busy with things that we simply forget. Or think we don't have time to pray. But that's, that's a big mistake. That we've got to do all this stuff and we have to get it done and we don't have time to pray. Well, God has ways of showing us that that won't work out so good. And uh, I'd rather learn by praying and having his blessing than having him discipline me for not praying. Another scheme of Satan to discourage us from praying is when we pray and our prayers don't seem to get answered. Or they don't get answered in our time frame. And usually we want it yesterday, right? We need it right now. And they don't get answered, and we might get discouraged from praying. But Jesus taught us we need to persevere in prayer and pray until the answer comes. Luke 18, 1, uh, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, in this parable, there's a widow who is being attacked in some way by an adversary. And he's coming after her and doing things that are causing her harm. She asks a judge to help her uh, to defend her against this adversary so she would have justice and so he wouldn't keep attacking her. But this judge refused. She asked him again and he refused again. But the widow persisted over and over again with her request to the judge until finally he gave her the answer that she requested and gave her uh, justice against this adversary. And Jesus praised the widow as an example of how we should pray to God. Even though the answer may not come as quickly as we would like, we must keep on praying until the answer comes. Because if we're praying according to God's will, eventually the answer will come. We must not become discouraged. We must not lose heart. We must not quit. Because what would have happened to the widow if she'd quit petitioning the judge? She would have never got her answer. And if we quit praying and asking God, the answer will not come either. We must persevere in prayer by not giving up and be devoted to prayer. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Other translations tell us to be devoted in prayer. And so prayer needs to be a top priority in your life. If you're devoted to something in your life, then that it rises to the top of your to-do list. We're to be watchful and alert in prayers. Now, that terminology uh, has to do with being alert to the enemy. Uh, if you're a soldier, you have to be watchful and alert for enemy attack or what he may come against you. And uh, in another message in this series, we're going to be talking about 
prayer warfare because prayer really uh, is spiritual warfare. And what happens if you're not alert to the enemy's activities, if you're not watchful, you're going to fall for his schemes. You're going to fall for his, uh, his attacks. On a practical note, if you're not watchful and alert, you'll fall asleep uh, when you're seeking to pray. So it's probably not a good idea. Some people say, I, I, I pray as I'm going to sleep. I said, yeah, right. Yeah, you, you begin to pray and you fall asleep. So it's probably not the best to be laying prone in your bed at 10 o'clock or 11 at night and having your prayer time because it, it, you might not hit your five minutes uh, of praying before it lights out for you. So uh, even as we're devoted to prayer, even as we're being watchful, it ends up, it says, with thanksgiving. And it's uh, really, really struck me that Oftentimes, in a, the commands to pray, God tells us to do it with thanksgiving. And there's something important there. We, we ought to be thankful both for the privilege of being able to pray to communicate with the creator of the universe. We should be thankful for that. And we should be thankful for the answers that he gives to our prayers. So there's a cause to be thankful even if we can't think of a single answer to prayer now. We're really not thinking hard enough if we can't thank you for anything that he's done for us. Uh, if we think long enough, there's always things that God is answering our prayers. Uh, he's doing blessing us in ways we haven't even asked for. Uh, and so God will always answer prayers that are prayed according to his will. And as we pray for ourselves and our families, we can learn to persevere in prayer for the long haul. And so today we've talked about prayer as two-way conversation with God. We've really focused on our part in it rather than listening uh, to God to speak to us. But that's certainly also part of it. We've, we've talked about that some time ago, and we'll mention that again. But we focused on what our priorities are to be in prayer. And, uh, but we do need to hear from God in order to pray according to His will, because those are the only prayers that are answered. So we need to hear from God through His Word uh, as, we, as we read His Word on a daily basis. It tells us the things uh, that God wants to happen in our lives, in our world, uh, is recorded for us in God's Word. The general principles there. But we learn the specifics of those principles, how it applies to our lives, how it applies to our circumstances by listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so I encourage each one of us in the year 2019, including myself, let's make a renewed commitment to building our relationship with God on an individual level, and as a church family. encourage you again to get on the church prayer team, grow in praying for others, and as your prayers bless others, God is going to bless you in return. You won't be left out. Let's encourage each other to persevere in prayer, being devoted in prayer, praying until the answer comes. And as we do that, I believe prayer will become more of an adventure for us in 2019 uh, than it even was in 2018. Now, in order to have prayer conversation with God, in order to build your relationship with God, you have to have that relationship with Him. And 
The whole world is divided into two classes of people, those who have a relationship with God and those who don't. So everyone does not have a relationship with God. To have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to, according to the Bible, admit that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things. You need to believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead. Ask Him to forgive you, to come into your life and commit yourself to following Him as your Lord and Savior. Three simple but very profound steps that will change your life for an eternity. So I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads. If you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ in this way, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Or if you'd like to recommit your life to Him this morning, I'd encourage you to pray as well. Pray something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been following my plan for my life and not yours. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for my sins, that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit my life to following you, Jesus, and your word all the days of my life. For those of us who are believers, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to communicate with you, the creator of the universe, through prayer. Thank you that we can both speak to you and hear you speak back to us. God, forgive us for not giving prayer the priority it ought to have in our lives in the past. In this new year, God, we commit ourselves to to a renewed building of our relationship with you through prayer. God, increase our desire to know you better. Help it to be a top priority in our lives. And the things that are top priority now, help them to go below our priority of building our relationship with you. Help us to make time to pray, to put it on our schedule. And help us to have Ears to hear you speaking all through the day. Teach us to pray for others and not just for ourselves. Help us to pray that people would be saved. And Lord, we look forward to people being saved and coming into your kingdom as a result of our prayers. And may they be added to your church. May we not grow weary in prayer. May we not give up. But may we pray until the answer comes. We pray that you'd show each of us and us as a church how to make prayer, and exciting adventure in the new year in 2019. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.